Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Scenarius, The Mysteries of M, has Jenny Krantz trying to find out the last steps of her late brother after hearing some messages that he left before he died. Peter Matei has written and crafted this story. Like so many other projects, it's a child of the pandemic. The score is by Anton Sanko, who definitely plays a big part in this podcast series. Peter, it's great to talk to you about this. Um, I, I, I listened to a few episodes and I, I'm hooked. It's really a, a nice production. I think people will really enjoy it. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks. So this was a, a child of the pandemic, as a lot of projects have been <laughs> recently. Um, as far as the story, where did it come? Where did it come from? What hit you to? Because you're you're also blending in a mystery, but also a very personal journey too. Exactly. It sort of sort of began with uh, some some uh, family events and family tragedy that uh, many years ago that I had been thinking about and. I have been thinking about grief and healing and the journey that people, you know, go on um, for such a thing. And then I sort of linked, was thinking about smartphones and technology and how much that changes our sense of, of someone's memory and questions around life and death and stuff. And it all just kind of came together into this idea. Uh, about a journey that was uh, motivated by these voice messages, you know. So once once I did that, and th then it just all sort of fell together. Sci-Fi Talk continues, so stay tuned. Did you have to, like, map out everything ahead of time so you kind of knew where you were going? Or or did it kind of come to you in waves? Once it sort of came to, to mind, I, I just decided to... Well, I had it, I had it written as a little bit of a pitch, and I had talked to a couple of people about it and, you know, they wanted to do the Hollywood route of taking it out and trying to attach stars and selling it and the whole thing. And I, you know, do that with multiple other like TV and film projects and things like that. And I was, to be honest, like just a little tired of that process. And I just really wanted to make something. And as you said, we were in the middle of a pandemic. So I just sat down and I started to write the first episode um, thinking I would just have that as a sample and I couldn't stop. And I just wrote the whole, you know, it's two hours and 10 minutes long. I just wrote the whole thing as a script in one go. And then I suddenly went, well, I'm not, I'm not going to try to sell this. I'm actually, I, I should just make it. So I reached out to some people in Austin, Texas, where I am now. And I got a great casting director and a great recording engineer we just put it together uh, mm -hmm. and then just sort of did it on the, on the fly, you know? Yeah. I think what I, what I like about this compared to other audio I've heard is usually you have like a narrator, but actually uh, your main character is, uh, you know, Ms. Krantz is actually, is doing both. It's more personal as she discovers things, we're discovering things. So it kind of breaks that wall where you're involved in the story. And I really like that approach. When you were writing, is that naturally devolved, uh, evolved on its own? I knew I, I wanted it to be a real journey from her point of view. And I wanted to be with her in the moment. So you are experiencing everything that's happening in her head. Well, you know, you're, you're there as well, because she's basically narrating her thoughts. 
to you. So I used a couple, you know, conventions to make that work. Uh, one of them being that she decided she was going to do an audio journal, you know, of her experience. So that th therefore that gave us an excuse to sort of have her talk to us. I almost said talk to camera. There's obviously no camera. <laughs> talk to microphone. Um, that gave us an excuse to really hear her her thoughts uh, and be with her in the moment. And that was really important to the story. Yeah. Speaking of this cast, really good cast, what I've heard so far. I mean, yeah. she's amazing. Talk about finding these people. And as I understand, these were all local talent in, uh, in Austin. And Katie Folger, who plays Jen, um, she was recommended to me by casting director Vicki Boone. And she was also recommended to me by a good friend of mine here who's a filmmaker and said, oh, I, I told her about this and, and she said, oh, you've got to cast Katie Folger. And, and then when I got some audition tapes in from various people, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Katie is perfect for this. Um, she's a real talent. And the other actors as well. I, I just loved working with, you know, with local people that had a great spirit, great energy, what came together and did this. Uh, thanks for recognizing that. Were they, uh, oh, my pleasure. Were they experienced in doing audio before? Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't think any of them had done anything quite like this. I think they've done a lot of voiceover work for various things, films and uh, commercials and things like that. But I don't think anybody had done a real story like this. Another factor that I thought was very important was your composer, Aaron Sanko, who has just created this beautiful backdrop of of music mystery and then little things like well not a little thing but when she is driving in the car and she changes radio stations and you get all different kinds of music and stuff i thought he did a, he did an excellent job kind of capturing where she was going kind of thing talk about him he really is almost like a part of the cast in that sense well it's funny it's you're absolutely dead on right because what in the in this script I actually said something like, you know, the, the score would essentially be a character in this um, drama. And when I sent it to Anton, he got that immediately. And I, I knew I knew him. So I knew that he would be into this vibe of sound, you know, this kind of like 70s retro a little bit. And also the fact that uh, uh, M, you know, he is into these healing solfeggio frequencies so basically sound is a huge important part of the story to begin with. So I said to Anton, I said, basically you're like the lead in the, in the thing. So he really gave us a lot of stuff to work with. And then I had uh, a great editor, Evander Lang, who put it all together and cut things and, you know, played with the score a lot and, and made it fit the, the, um, the actors, uh, voiceovers and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Anton Sanko, thank you for correcting me. The composer who really did a brilliant job and I work with sound all the time. So I'm really, you know, I appreciate the work that goes into it. Uh, and it really an amazing uh, production. The voices come from all over, whether it's policemen and you hear them that they are outside really is amazing to mix all of that together. How long did that part of the process take to do the actual production after all the voices were recorded? Uh, well, that took several months. I mean, the, the voice record, the actual recording in the, in the studio took about a week, not super long. And then we worked for many weeks 
on the on the on piecing it all together. I mean, there was no real rush or anything. Um, Anton was kept feeding us different stuff that we were putting in there, and I, I guess it took a couple. We recorded in, um, I think, October of 2020, and started editing like this November, December, and, and finished in January of 2021. So two years ago. Really is an interesting uh, piece, and putting all the different elements together uh, really you know, really takes it to a whole nother level in my mind. I always say, as far as audio is concerned, the way I like to listen to it, turn off all the lights, fly in bed or sit in a chair, no distractions, and just let your mind just dive into that world. Yeah, thanks for getting that. I mean, I I had listened to some other audio uh, drama type stuff, and a lot of it was very, seemed to me like it was trying to do a movie like basically it was a movie without the images and I wanted to do something that was much more immersive and much more of a like sort of uh, like a sound bath kind of experience. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's cool. And so it kind of slowed things down and made it up, made it about the, the music a lot. So there could be lots of just open space. And there's more with Peter Matei on scenarios, the mysteries of M. So stay tuned. I guess another thing about doing this as audio is really control. Like when you're dealing with a, a network or a production company or executives, everybody has an input. This is all you. And for you, that's got to be incredibly free, have that freedom to do what you want, the way you want it. Really, you might get some suggestions, but you call all the shots. That's pretty cool. You were right on about that. And that's kind of why I decided to just do it myself and uh, and use local talent and all of that stuff because I, I've had lots of experience of working with executives and so on. And uh, sometimes it can be great. Um, and of course, they're writing big checks. And so you respect that. But you're, you're right on that it was like this decision was to just sort of like do it, uh, do it myself and not have a lot of intervention in that. And that was a real joy, I have to say. Mm-hmm. You know, not that having other people commenting and giving me notes and stuff that might have made it better, but I kind of didn't, didn't really care. I just kind of wanted it to be what it what it was, you know? Yeah, yeah. When you were writing this, uh, did you have an idea about the characters? Or as, uh, as Ted Talley said when he was writing Silence of the Lambs, uh, essentially Hannibal Lecter walked in the room and sat down and said, hey, this story has to be about me. Did the characters kind of speak to you a little bit or did you have a good idea who they were? Well, I always, when I when I write, I have a, um, a kind of like an overview of who the character is and I have certain things, but I don't really know who they are until I start to write. And I definitely just let them speak and I just sort of like, you know, write down what they're saying and discover things about them as I'm going. And then, you know, in, in actually directing, and I directed a lot of theater in New York back in the 90s, and then I've directed film and stuff. And, you know, you also, I love uh, giving the script to the actor, and then they bring you their take on it, and you react to that and say, oh, I see, they're very good at this aspect of it, and maybe you 
kind of add in a little more of that and you and you collaborate with them essentially in creating the character. Well, what we did here was, um, at least with Katie and Devin, the, the leads, we did some rehearsal where we sat down, you know, six and a half feet apart from each other and uh, outside. And we just kind of went over the script and they asked questions and I heard what they were doing and I made notes in the script and then kind of did a new draft based on what they brought to the table. So that means pretty much when they were recording, there really wasn't much tweaking that needed to be done. No, there was there there. I can't remember exactly, but I think there was a little bit, but not too much. There was a lot of tweaking done in the post-production in terms of things that we cut and moved some things around a little bit and stuff like that. But, um, but no, when we were recording, we just kind of, kind of went with it. What was the thinking behind using the AI voice as kind of like introducing the episode things, which I think really added a really cool aspect to it, by the way. Great question. Um, it was just something I thought would be, would kind of go along with the vibe of it and that I thought was kind of funny and interesting and weird. So I actually just did all that stuff myself. I just found some website. And I mean, this is two more than two years ago. So today it would be so much better but I kind of liked the robot uh, sound of it. Um, yeah, I'll, there was a lot of sort of, you know, DIY aspect to the production, you know, the characters that were basically just like friends of mine. And I just held the phone up and said, say this. <laughs> they would say the lines and then I sent that to the editor. So, you know, we kind of kept it rough. Mm -hmm. I, I do like as far as mixing everything together, the different themes of it, besides the mystery, and I touched on it earlier, it's really also understanding uh, mental illness and, and, and also grief. So you're balancing the human story with the mystery. That must have been a bit of a juggling act a little bit, I would think. I wanted you know this to be about um, mental illness and, and having understanding and empathy for people experiencing it. Uh, we've had some in my family that I've had to deal with uh, over the years since, since I was a kid, basically. So I've always been really fascinated by how we think of mentally ill people and, you know, are they crazy or are they actually geniuses who are in touch with some reality that, that the rest of us are not, you know? And so that was a big part of how I wanted to approach the character of M. And, uh, you know, is, is he crazy about chemtrails or is he actually kind of an artist, kind of a poet who's talking about the sky? So I'm, uh, I'm glad you picked up on that because that was important. There's also, I think, you know, um, we live in a time where I think people are talking more about mental illness more openly yeah. And shame about it and so on. And so I thought that that was an important uh, part of this as well. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as where people can get this, where can they get it? Audible. Audible. Uh, oh, great. Yeah, it, it's available as of now um, uh, uh, as an Audible original. And how many episodes so people get an idea of how long it is? Well, there's seven episodes, episode zero through episode six. Uh, it's a little over two hours, and it kind of ends on a cliffhanger. So uh, there might be a season two. We don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's available on, on Audible.
Do you think you'll have any problem getting everybody back for the sequel or the next chapter? Uh, I hope not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and I, and I hope we can move forward with it. It would be great. So what, what have you learned about this new way of doing things as opposed to putting things on film or video? Well, it's, it's fantastic because I mean, I, I remember when I was a kid, um, you know, like my parents or grandparents or whatever would talk about like radio plays, you know, and then you'd go and listen to these things from the 1940s and they were so interesting. And, uh, and then that all kind of died out. I mean, there were some things here and there, uh, you you know, one of the influences of this show is Joe Frank. Do you know who Joe Frank is? No, I'm not familiar with Joe Frank. No. He, he had a radio show on NPR from the late 70s oh. until like, I don't know, like 2014 or something like that. Uh, KCRW in L.A. was most of it. But if you Google Joe Frank, he, he was also a huge inspiration to Ira Glass, who created This American Life. Oh, um, yeah. And, uh, and Joe Frank basically did these very strange kind of stories with music. He had an incredible voice, and um, uh, Google him. You'll you'll really enjoy his stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. So I just kind of partly wanted to go back to that tradition of the radio drama and everything, and you know, it's just so it's so much easier to produce something like this than it would be a film. Oh yeah. Um, it's cheaper and faster, and yet you can really create a full on a full on experience. Yeah, that's one thing that podcasting has really revolutionized is the audio drama. And so many of the top podcasts, especially in science fiction, are actually audio dramas, Uh, you know, and it's really amazing uh, how that's taken off. So a whole generation that never sat around the radio is now listening to it. And the only difference is on their phones or on their computers. They, yeah. On their tablets, they can take it wherever they want to go and listen to it. And on long drives and plane rides, it's actually a, a, a nice way to, you know, a nice diversion. So it's really amazing how it's come full circle a little bit. And I'm very happy about that. Totally, yeah. Do you um, have any favorite, like, sci-fi audio drama things? or? Well, I think the one that made the biggest impression was in, in high school listening to Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. And it was oh, just really? like I realized the power of uh, of the voice and sound effects. And obviously, it was a lot cruder then than it is today with the digital landscape. And then, you know, I, I listened in the 70s and 80s to audiobooks a little bit in the car. Uh, I'm a big Star Trek fan, so I listened to some of those with the actors actually portraying some of the characters. And not only that, besides playing the character they were, they also played other characters as well and gave their own interpretation of the other characters, which is really fascinating. And I, I, you know, it was like, it was, they were on cassette in those days, but, um, and then eventually on, uh, on, on disc, but this is just the best way to see it, the best way to listen to it and experience it uh, as all the ways I mentioned. So I'm thrilled. I think this is great. And uh, I, it's, it's, there's a whole nother market for this. So uh, if you want to do more, People will listen. I hope so. I hope you're right. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a very intriguing story. I mean, you're riveted. There's little details that come out. 
you know, uh, and it's a journey for the character in not only about her brother, but also personally, too. And I, I, it's one of the things I really appreciated about it. Well, thank you. I, uh, thank you very much. Peter, it's been a pleasure to talk to you about this. A fascinating uh, thing. You've got to get this on Audible if you love a good mystery. And really, it's about, you know, the human condition, too, and a different aspect of it. So uh, I hope people go out and get it because uh, it's just really a well-produced and very well-acted piece, you know, from what I've heard so far. And I don't think the quality is going to go down at all. I think it's great. Thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. All right. You take care. As you heard, as I found out, this is an Audible original, and that's where you can get it. Scenarius, The Mysteries of M. Special thanks to Peter Mate for appearing on my podcast. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.